the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Good morning, everyone. This is Talk Law Radio with your co-host, Christiana Villegas, coming to you live here in San Antonio. I'm Todd Marquardt, your host and attorney with Marquardt Law Firm. Decisions about your future can be difficult, but at Falcon Bank, their trust department can make planning for tomorrow a positive experience. From estate planning and administration of trusts to investment management, including real estate and mineral management, Falcon Bank offers solutions with an honest evaluation of what you need. Call Falcon Bank at 210-489-4150 to discuss how they may be of service to you. Now, it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, the material discussed here is meant for general information purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Absolutely. Dear God, thank you for this day and thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing and failing to do your will. Please help Pastor Philip Doublestein, Christiana, and me give good information to the listeners about the law and gospel of interest and usury today. Help us use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So what laws are we going to talk about today, Mr. Marquardt? You know, Christiana, my favorite part about Talk Law Radio is our Law and Gospel series. Sermons at my church always include both the law and the gospel. That's the Old Testament and the New Testament. So when Talk Law Radio gives a program about the law and gospel, instead of the Old Testament, I focus on Texas law or uh, federal law. I like to talk about what the current law requires us to do or forbids us from doing, and then talk about what the Bible says that Christians should do or should not do based on the teachings of Jesus Christ, God's Son, our Lord. Today, our law and gospel program, again, is going to be about interest. Interest, as in what kind of interesting hobbies people (laughs) have or interest in partners? Yes, there are different definitions of interest. So I Googled it. (laughs) (laughs) So one definition is the state of wanting to know or learn about something or someone. Those are the definitions you just gave. But today we'll be focusing on the other definition, which is money paid regularly at a particular rate for the use of money lent or for delaying the repayment of a debt. Hmm. So what common 
money lenders do we have? Are those just the payday loans? Are those only banks that are legalized? What about um, people who just lend within their family? Well, you know, uh, my brother and I watched a Judge Judy episode uh, when we were in uh, management training a few weeks ago, and there was a case. <laughs> it was a, <laughs> sort of a court case that Judge Judy was pro- presiding over, and uh, mom had lent son money, and he didn't pay it back because he didn't think it was a loan. So we'll get into that a little bit later towards the end of the show. Why does your estate planning attorney need to know about family loans? But before we get to that, let's meet our guest. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us, Pastor Philip Doublestein. Stein or Stein? You said it right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, thanks for having me on the air today. Uh, it is an honor to be here talking to you. Um, this is my first radio program. Congratulations. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but you're a frequent YouTuber, right? I do have a I do uh, post things on YouTube and and through our website. Uh, I'm a missionary with Link San Antonio and that's spelled L I N C because it stands for the Lutheran Intercity Network Coalition. And uh, and so I'm a I'm a missionary. I was called here back in September. I got here with my wife and my son and now we have two sons. Um, and we are planting a church, and we've determined that we're going to be planting a church in the Brooks area, formerly Brooks uh, Army Base or Air Force Base. I, uh, I think it was an Army Base. I think it was Army as well. Um, and now it's Brooks City Base, and it's been uh, given back to the city, and it's been developed. Um, so what part of town is that exactly? It's on the southeast side, uh, so southeast of downtown, inside 410. So uh, it's about 1,300 square or 1,300 acres is the whole campus. There are about 3,200 people that live down there um, at the Brooks um, campus, or former Brooks campus, and uh uh, in that entire zip code, there are no Christian churches. There no used, way. There used to be uh, a, 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 a campus chapel, campus church. Okay. Um, and some churches have tried to make a go of it since the city took it over. Um, but now the Southerly uh, Company um, that operates their brewery out of the Pearl, they're moving their brew works down there. And from what I understand... They're going to be opening up their brew works and tap room there this fall. So, um, so that's what has become of the old church on the Brooks campus. Um, so we are are looking to to start a Christian community there, um, and and uh, bring Jesus around. Yeah, <laughs> if you're listening and you live in that area, what's that zip code? That's seven eight two one four. If you're listening and you live in seven eight two one four. Give us a call. The number will be 210-308-8867, and this is your chance to call before we reach noon today. We are live here on Talk Law Radio with our guest, Pastor Philip Doublestein of the LINC San Antonio Church. Mr. Marcor is also going to be helping us understand about the laws of charging and collecting interest. Okay, so uh, tell us more about your background. Well, I, w- I was born and raised here in San Antonio and grew up out in Holotus, um, graduated high school in 2006, and then promptly left San Antonio and went to Chicago to... Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm just caught. You said 2006. I'm 07. You're hey! 07. Okay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hard to tell how old people are with these masks on, right? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I can hear my beard sort of rustling in the background. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I went to Chicago and went to uh, Concordia University, Chicago. I studied theological languages there, which meant that um, I could either be a teacher or a pastor afterwards. So, um, after a brief little interim um, from undergrad, I studied psychology for a little bit, and then went to the seminary in St. Louis and graduated in 2015. And then I was called. To the Midwest still, and served as a pastor in Peoria, Illinois. Um, and you guys will know Peoria because I think Peter Holt is a pretty famous person in San Antonio. He owns the Spurs, right? Oh, okay. Uh, and, wow. And his, I think his great-grandfather started Caterpillar, which is the big, um, the big company in mm-hmm. Peoria, Illinois. 
And so many people who went to my church were, were actually employees of Caterpillar. Oh, okay. Um, so there's a connection there between Peoria and San Antonio. And uh, um, I still had some connections here in San Antonio. So um, my mentor in high school, um, Pastor Eli Prieto, he uh, called me to come down to San Antonio to be a missionary and start churches here. That's so interesting. It's such a small world. Everything came together like it did for you. Yep. That's the way that I find the Lord has his ways of moving things, that you end up branching out, going distances, and yet he somehow always ends up managing to connect you to people, back to him. And we hope to connect you back to our show when we take this break. We will be taking live calls, so if you have any questions, dial in at 210-308-8867. Or if you don't want to be on the phone, then follow us on Facebook. Look for Talk Law Radio and the Scales of Justice, and you can find our live stream and send your comments there. But remember to call us if you can, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Have you been wanting to learn about a will or a trust but haven't gotten around to it? Now is the perfect time to learn about this vital information. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. We educate our children so that they're prepared for the future. Call Marquardt Law Firm at 210-530-4278 to show your family that you are prepared for the future. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marcourt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and we're live today here with Pastor Philip Doublestein, helping us understand about the laws and gospel on charging and collecting interest. During our commercial break, we did get a comment to try and remind us about the correct location for where you'll be setting up your church. Right, yeah, so it is uh, Brooks Air Force Base uh, that was, I think, consolidated at Lackland. Um, and so we just wanted to make that correction. Great. If you we, have, we have a listener out there now. <laughs> if you have any other questions or comments, or if you want to um, let the our guests know about what to expect if they want to seed their church in your community, then please give us that call at two one zero three zero eight. 8867 or find us on Facebook during our live stream and you can send us comments which I'll be monitoring here on my phone. So Pastor Doublestein, tell us what was the the beef that the uh the people of God had with charging interest. The the beef uh <laughs> Well, essentially, Scripture says everywhere, don't do it. Um, and, and, and don't, what did you say? Money shouldn't breed? That's a quote Yeah, from, Aristotle, uh, the philosopher, uh, said that money should be sterile. It shouldn't breed. Right. <laughs> and we have, we have a lot of, of church fathers and, um, and, and people who came later. Uh, you and I are in the Lutheran tradition, and, and a quote from Martin Luther uh, he says, he who lends expecting to get something more or something better than he has loaned is clearly a damned usurer. Strong well, words. Yeah, <laughs> strong words. But I did read something that said uh, Martin Luther would allow interest if it were under 5%. Right. He was trying to establish something that would be a bit more palatable for his hearers. Okay, so the the Old Testament it has lots of uh, text about not charging interest, that you shouldn't charge interest. Uh, was that for everybody, or was it just the foreigners, as it says? I, I think you're referring to uh, a passage I sent you, which was from Deuteronomy chapter 23, um, that essentially gives permission for God's people to charge interest for people who are outside of their community. Um, now, we have to remember that when the law was given, it was given to God's people um, so that they could be a light um, in, their, in their community, in the place that they lived. Uh, people were supposed to look to their community and say, see how they deal with each other. Clearly, God is in their midst. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so, God really puts the the constraints on them from taking advantage of each other. So, Christiana, how should we read this text in light of today's issues? I think it 
paint a light because Jesus comes around in the New Testament and it helps us understand that, yes, we have the foreigners beforehand and that could be people who are coming from different countries who are coming to try into ours and be a contributing factor that a lot of there's a lot of stigma thinking that all they do is just take and take and uh, take advantage of the systems that are put in place for our citizens who are in need but if you can be able to read financial reports then you might be able to see that what they actually do is contribute and help us continue to grow but that's another program and that's another story and what I like to think about is the fact that Jesus has helped us expand who our brother is, that it doesn't just need to be based off what race and what bloodline you come from, but what your actions are. So, Pastor, what issues were the Old Testament people going through um, in regards to interest? Uh, they're similar to the, to the, the things that we're going through now. Um, people need money. And they're going to to borrow it from someplace um, and and then pay it back. Uh, now, one of the ways that w- that we see um, people being taken advantage of financially is you remember the famous uh, passage when Jesus goes and he turns over tables in the temple. Uh-huh. Um, he's doing that because uh, people are 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 changing money at different rates. And and so they're using um, not uh, dishonest measurements to, oh, to okay. weigh to weigh money, um, and that's actually a way that um, that people in all the way up through the Renaissance, the you know the, the famous Medici family, um, they would get around being called usurers because they would change money and change currency, um, and they would they would skim some off the top and they would change dishonestly. Um, and so in order to be to avoid being called usurers and, and charging exorbitant um, interest, they would simply devalue currency um, when they would change it. So. Sounds like China. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... So there, there was a change in the New Testament, though, uh, in in the way Jesus thought about um, loaning money, right? Yeah. So, so Jesus, we always think that Jesus comes and he he abolishes some sort of law, or he or he smooths it over. But really, Jesus comes and he and he makes the law more perfect, right? Um, he says. The, the law says don't murder somebody, but I tell you, if you hate your brother, you've already murdered him, right? Mm-hmm. So, he, so he actually strengthens the law, and Jesus does this here in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 34. It says, if you lend only to those uh, who you expect that they will make return, what kind of benevolence is that? Even wicked sinners lend to one another that they may have, some, uh, may have the same again. Um, so, so Jesus is saying, not only are you supposed to give to people who you love and who you know can pay you back, but you're supposed to give to people who hate you and probably won't pay you back. So I'm thinking about that, uh, that Judge Judy um, right. episode that you, that you watched. Mm-hmm. I think the mom is in the wrong because even if it was a loan, according to Jesus, she should have loaned expecting not to get anything back. Well, that's what tears people families apart is when there's a misunderstanding or when uh, there's a disagreement about the terms of the loan or about whether it was a loan. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if you talk to any lawyer, they'll say the the first thing that you should do is write it down. (laughs) Write down what your terms are. And when both people agree to those terms, they have a meeting of the minds, and they sign it, signifying that they agree to do that. Um, but what some uh, financial gurus will say is, if you want to preserve your family, uh, don't expect to be paid back, because you're you're going to make things worse if you do. Right, and and I think that that just that's that hits the nail on the head is. Jesus is trying to paint a picture of what the the kingdom of God will look like, and it looks like giving, not expecting anything in return. And certainly, 
not expecting anything more than what you have given, right? Um, so if you are going to give a loan out and you make it clear that it is a loan, you're not doing it so that you can make money off from the person that you're quote unquote helping. You're doing it to actually help them and they give back as they can. One of the things that stuck with me, I feel, is what Jesus was leaning back to from the Old Testament was by reinforcing and strengthening God's laws was when he said in Exodus twenty two twenty five, um, an English Standard Version said, If you lend money to any of my people with you who is poor, you shall not be like a moneylender to him, and you shall not exact take interest from him. And it's it's not only just the fact, is it morally wrong, is it financially wrong, but it's common sense. If the person who is already struggling and doesn't have that income, doesn't have the resources to provide for themselves and they're coming to you for a loan, why are you going to ask them to pay you back more when they already have nothing? What more are you going to take from them other than their sanity and their ability to sleep at night? Well, you know, I, I was... Uh watching YouTube videos, and I saw one about this uh, former race car driver who started a payday loan business uh, online, and he was uh, sent to jail for 16 years for the type of lending practices that they used. Just an example, an older woman borrowed $80.00. And what she had to pay back was $19,000. What? <laughs> That's why the guy went to jail. Mm-hmm. How? How did that math even happen? <laughs> I don't know. It was complicated. And, and that's why uh, payday lenders have a bad reputation is because it's, it's hard to understand the terms of those loans. Right. So let's go back to the, the Old Testament and the gospel about this. How did this? How did these ideas evolve over time? Well, I um, I, I want to just touch on that on on what you said, Christiana, for a second. Uh, is our, our system is so inverted to the way that the kingdom of God actually should operate and and, and operates um, as defined by Jesus? Because we have this system of of credit scores, right? Mm-hmm. And the worse your credit score, so generally speaking, the, the less money you have and the less ability you have to pay back, um, the higher your interest rate goes, right? Mm-hmm. So so you actually end up paying more because you have less, right? Um, and and Luther says says something that I think is really poignant here. Um, he says, he who, who lends expects to receive back uh, the same thing that he lends. And if he expects nothing, then according to their interpretation, it would be a gift and not a loan. Uh, because then it is such a little thing to make a loan to one who is a friend or rich or who may render some service in return, that even sinners who are not Christians do the same thing. Christians ought to do more and lend to those who do not uh, uh, have have the same thing, i.e., to the needy and to their enemies, um, and so we as Christians uh, should should divorce ourselves from the practices that are going on today. Uh, should should really be interested in in giving what we have, whether it's great or little, to people who have less. Would it be too general to say um, for the homeless that? are throughout the country, not just here in San Antonio, but if somebody is asking for a dollar or some spare change, you obviously know you're probably not going to see that same person again and expect, hey, where's the $5 I lent you? No, it's it's a person in need, and you give out of faith that maybe you'll get financial compensation another way or maybe you'll get blessed in another way. But do things with a good intention and without expecting anything in return sometimes helps give that peace knowing that you'll be blessed later on. Mm-hmm. So are the these loans that you don't expect to be paid back the same as um, just like helping, just like a gift? I, I think that it boils down to the fact that you shouldn't be in the business of loaning money if you can't take care of your family. Mm-hmm. So, so if you are taking care of your family with money made off from loans – 
that's completely backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be loaning money because you're you're being generous. Oh, okay. Um, and so so you don't have to give a thousand dollars away if that means that you can't take care of your family anymore because your first responsibility is to your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have that extra, you shouldn't be so concerned with making more money off from it that you that you take advantage of people. Absolutely. So we still have a lot more ground to cover. We're going to have a break that's coming up right now. If you want to share any stories that you've had of giving out a loan or having a hard time paying it back, we would love to hear what you have gone through. If you dial us at 210-308-8867, or if you don't want to be on the phone, we can read your comments in our Facebook live stream by typing in Talk Law Radio. It's in red and blue and look for the scales of justice. I'll be monitoring on my phone and we hope to hear from you after this commercial break. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marcourt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and we're live here with Pastor Philip Doublestein, helping us understand about the law and gospel of collecting and charging interest. If you have any questions or comments about loans that you've had a hard time trying to get out of debt or worried about falling into debt, we'd love to hear your comments if you dial us at 210-308-8867 or our Facebook live stream by typing in Talk Law Radio and looking for the scales of justice. Pastor Doublestein, tell us uh, more about the church history about interest. Sure. So um, the term usurer uh, applies to people who who charge exorbitant interest for for taking out money, for borrowing money, for using their money. And it used to be a term that was more prevalent. Uh, It's probably foreign to most of our our listeners now. Mm -hmm. We, We know of uh, bankers and investment uh, opportunists, right? Uh, right? Venture capitalists, those kind of people. Um, but user was was a der- almost a derogatory term, something that you would you would try your best to avoid being called. Um, and and that's why we said uh, back uh, towards the beginning of this hour when I when I cited the Medici family, um, they were. They were in a time when um, the Catholic Church ruled a lot of stuff, right? And, and even the, there were, what, one or two Medicis who ended up being popes. Um, they're a, a banker family, and they, they tried to avoid being called usurers, and they did so in very tricky ways. Now, fast forward a little bit to the 19th century in America and the very beginning of our Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Um, we had a guy named C.F.W. Walther, and he was a theologian. He was the first president of the seminary, um, and he had real heartburn with even communing people who were accused of usury. Um, and and in his church, um, which was uh, Trinity Lutheran Church in St. Louis, uh, when he was there as their pastor, bankers could not be communed. Um, because they were charging, wow, that's uh, pretty harsh. Yeah, interest rates, um, and so there. So, for some reason, between that time around 1840s and today, we don't even have a frame of reference for it anymore. Uh, we just kind of accept that that's the way things are, mm-hmm. and and even our LCMS has a bank attached to it, um, and that bank issues loans at interest, mm-hmm. which, which is mind-boggling. And I think that if you were to go back to the very foundations, you know, antebellum uh, America, and say, hey, in 150 to 200 years, all of the Christian churches in America are going to have banks attached to them, mm-hmm. people would, would freak out. Yeah, um, it's the, not just the, the Lutheran church. The, there was a Baptist credit union here in town. right. Yeah, um, and and so I, I can only speak for for our church's history because it's the only one that I've studied in depth um, mm-hmm. as far as their their American branches. But it seems like around the turn of the 19th century into the 20th century, um, there there they were starting to discuss um, how, what to do with with usury. 
Um, and you remember that this is the time when uh, the, the Fed is starting to be implemented and, and people are starting to talk about money and interest and all that sort of thing on a federal level. Uh, the church was, was also, the, the LCMS was, was starting to talk about this issue too in their conventions. And then World War I broke out and it seems like everybody forgot to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, and then come 1960, 1970, there's there's a bank attached to the church now. Um, so even in the span of, of a few short decades, right, five decades, something mm-hmm. like that, um, it, it's not this 200-year sort of change in mentality, but it was a 50-year change in mentality, and now we've just kind of seen that extrapolated out to to today. And so now it's not a sin. <laughs> now it's – apparently it's not a sin. It's at least not a sin that people are, are willing to talk about because it seems to be – the way that the world works, and and for me, I I think it's it's maybe even dangerous to come out and say, hey, um, LCMS, you're doing something wrong um, mm-hmm. by by allowing a bank to be in existence in your midst and to to well, sanction maybe it. it's just a matter of degree. You know, usury in Texas law would be some interest that's too high. Mm-hmm. The government has made a decision about the line uh, greater than some percentage is too high and and below that it's okay so maybe that's how the church views it now yeah and it could be um i I don't have the answer uh for Mm -hmm. that and i don't people who are much much smarter than me (laughs) have made those rules and and in my view made those concessions um, but I do know that in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, If anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if ever, anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Um, it, it almost seems like we have, we have stopped trusting God with our money. Um, and so now we're going to use the world's systems to, to make sure that our churches can still survive monetarily. Um, I think what we see is, uh, is a, a um, what's the word, diminishing of the, the ministry impact, the mission impact that the church can have because if you are able to collect compound interest, um, then you're going to take a $50,000 check that you get from somebody and you're going to say, well, I don't have uh, a, an exact need for it right now, so instead of trying to find an exact need for it right now, I'm going to put it in a bank, and it's going to collect interest, and, it's, and we're going to start a foundation. And so that $50,000 gets uh, withheld from actually doing any good in the moment right. for some uncertain future. That's an interesting point. You brought up mission. And so I wanted uh, you to say something about your current mission. You have some uh, things that you're looking forward to and some things that you're working on right now. Will you talk about that? Yeah, sure. I, I thank you for the plug. Um, we, are, we are starting this church in Brooks, and we've been, we've been meeting with a small group of people who I've known for a long time. Um, every other Tuesday since February, and now we're, we're kind of moving into – a launch team training sort of thing um, where we're going to focus on the the ins and outs of planting a church. But since we don't have a sending congregation that's, you know, giving us people or money, uh, we rely on uh, on God's blessing uh, for all this. And so one of the ways that we're looking to serve the community and to um, and to ensure that the that the ministry and the mission can survive is we're throwing around an idea of starting a coffee truck, uh, serving local coffee in the Brooks area um, to kind of correspond with the opening of the of the brewery that we talked about, the Southerly Brewery. Um, I still have to get board approval for that, but I've let a lot of people know, so I think I can let a lot of people, a lot more people yeah. know uh, for this. And um, generally speaking, what we found is that most church plants start with between one hundred and fifty and two hundred fifty thousand dollars. We don't have that in the bank, um, so this coffee truck is fifty five thousand uh, dollars to get started with uh, with all of the equipment and with with all of the inventory and the licensing and the insurance. 
Um, and so for a fraction of the cost that it would take to start a church um, without this sort of income stream, um, we are going to also ensure that this church can be operational without having my salary and benefits um, be a burden to the church mm-hmm. as it gets up and running. So how would you want people to reach out to you if they want to help contribute or possibly volunteer some time to help this church grow? Sure. You can you can follow us on, on uh, fa- Facebook with Link San Antonio. That's L-I-N-C San Antonio. Okay. Um, we have a website where you can donate uh, using your credit card. Um, that is linksa.org, L-I-N-C-S-A.org. Uh, and there's a big button that says Donate Now, and you can follow that um, and, and help us out that way. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, there is a, a contact form on our website, or you can reach out via Facebook. Um, I also have my own personal Facebook, Philip Doublestein. You can just search for me, um, and uh, I'd be happy to, to, okay. to help out. <laughs> okay, great. So if you want to get in touch with Philip Doublestein, you can find his Facebook page at L-I-N like Nancy, C like cat, S like Sierra, A dot org, O-R-G. Or if you type in Philip Doublestein on Facebook, you'll be able to find his page. But if you can't spell Doublestein, then go to their Facebook page. Well, and <laughs> that's Philip with one L. At that as well. So that's <laughs> Philip, one L, two Ps, one at each end. And again, the website is L I N C. SA.org. If you type in L-I-N-C-S-A, you should find a blue and pink shaped heart with a cross in it, and that's their logo. That's right. We're about to take another break, and when we come back, of course, we're going to talk about legacy. Uh, But first, I want to talk about this court case. It's really exciting. It involves uh, $500,000 in cash. What? It's just a court case. Oh, man. (laughs) So you have to stay tuned to uh, hear about it. Or if you ever want to share your stories about loans and interest rates that you've had to battle or worried about, then we're still looking at our comments on our Facebook live stream. Type in Talk Law Radio. The letters are in red and blue with the scales of justice over it. We hope to hear from you and that you stay tuned after this commercial break here on Talk Law Radio, talking about collecting and charging interest. Have you been wanting to learn about a will or a trust but haven't gotten around to it? Now is the perfect time to learn about this vital information. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. We educate our children so that they're prepared for the future. Call Marquardt Law Firm at 210-530-4278 to show your family that you are prepared for the future. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marcourt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and we're here with our guest, Pastor Philip Doublestein of the LINCSA Lutheran, forgive me, again, Lutheran... Lutheran Intercity Network Coalition. Thank you for that. It's a mouthful. We just say Link. (laughs) Well, why don't you explain what Link does? So uh, Link has been around in San Antonio since 2008. Um, and they've had their executive director, Pastor Eli Prieto, since 2009 or 2011. I hear both numbers, um, but I'll have to check with him to make sure when it was. I think it was 2009. Um, but uh, we do a lot of, of mission work um, in the inner city. Uh, so we've partnered with uh, Haven for Hope. Um, and Eli Prieto, Pastor Prieto, is, is friends with uh, Grihi, um, who, st- who donated a lot of money to help start that. So um, we coordinate volunteers um, to, uh, to help out with latchkey programs. Um, we run a youth group. And, and now that we're in this kind of COVID era, it's, it's, uh, a lot of things have, have kind of paused 
But we were poised to to start um, a VBS, a Vacation Bible School, um, for children with special needs. Um, and so just a, a lot of different uh, approaches um, to sort of link the area congregations with with people who need help mm-hmm. in, in a variety of different ways. Um, so there's, there's trunk or treats that we put on for people. There's... Um, we we collect um, school supplies and give those out to people in the community. Um, just a whole myriad of different things that we do. And if you go to linksa.org and you click on Link Ministries, you can see all of them listed and see definitions and descriptions of all that we do. And again, that's link with a C, L-I-N-C-S-A dot org. But you are tuned in here on Talk Law Radio. We had a whole segment talking about charging and collecting interest and what to be wary of when collecting loans. Is there anything that we missed, Mr. Marcourt? Well, let me start with this court case uh, between uh, Joe and Jimmy. So uh, Joe and Jimmy uh, were going to engage in a, in a bunch of loans. There were like 17 loans. This is an actual case that you can look up if you want to. Uh, sometimes uh, truth is stranger than fiction. So uh, these guys have a series of loans, $40,000 each, $50,000. And um, then the borrower wants to do something really big. And so he asks if he can borrow $500,000. On at least one occasion, um, the, the borrower and the lender met at the, at the borrower's house And the lender brought half a million dollars, $500,000, to the table in cash. And the witness that testified in the case said he was there. He said uh, half a million dollars was counted out in cash, and the borrower took the cash away in grocery bags. Wow. Isn't that funny? (laughs) That's so exciting to me. It, It just seems like a TV show. So... Um, Texas law call, uses that same word, usury, uh, when interest is too high. And you, you know it's too high if it's either above 10% if it's not otherwise defined in another statute. There are some consumer loans that can be 18%. There's some business loans that can be up to 28%. But you you really have to know what part of the code that you're supposed to be acting under. So I don't want to get too specific there. Um, but I did want to point out that the reason that, that the law, the secular law, gets involved here is to dissuade unscrupulous creditors from charging usurious rates, you know, because it keeps people down. And like the lady that borrowed $80, it's just not fair. So when when banks start tightening up their regulations and only lending to people with high credit scores, where do you borrow money? Well, you borrow from a friend or a family member, right? Mm-hmm. Some people don't like to write things down. That's the wrong way to do it, but the law has something to say about if you don't write it down. So the the Texas Finance Code will deem a certain amount of interest if you just leave it out. So I'm going to look for that here. Okay, so it's going to be if you don't have an interest rate, uh, I can't find it. But I did see here that you're allowed to charge something in addition to interest. Delinquency charges. This is part of why the payday lending it gets a bad name is because they have all these other charges that they don't or they didn't used to tell you about. So the Texas says that your delinquency charge can't exceed 5%. Huh. So now that we know something about Texas law, um, and, and the fact that families are lending to each other, you, 
This is something that your estate planning attorney needs to know as well, because if tragedy strikes and you pass away, um, your, your executor or your successor trustee needs to know, do they have an obligation to collect on this loan even though you've passed away? Mm-hmm. And that will make things uh, disagreeable at the end also. Well, you're grieving and you're also having to collect interest from your brother. Or what about the families who say that they've already given their inheritance before they even passed away? Like, I already gave them what they should have gotten if I passed away, so they shouldn't get anything else, but they haven't updated that will. Well, you have to write that down. Speaking of wills, um, Pastor Doublestein, you know that Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show, and uh, we do a lot of estate planning, last wills and living trusts at Marquardt Law Firm. And the idea behind a will or a trust is how people are going to remember you. So we like to ask our guest here on the show about their legacy. What would your legacy be? How do you want to be remembered? I think first and foremost, I want to be remembered as, as someone who reflected Jesus' love into this world. Um, I want to be remembered as a, as a good husband and a good father. Um, I think aside from that, everything else is just kind of gravy. Uh, I, I'm a simple man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a follower of Jesus who, who loved his, his family well. Um, and, you know, if, if I'm known as a, a good drummer and a, a, a stylish motorcycle rider, uh, <laughs> that would be cool too. But, uh, but that's less important to me. Well, I support what you do, Thank your you. mission and... You're building, starting a new church uh, because that was my granddad's legacy for me. That's what I remember about him is uh, he started the first Lutheran church in his community. And then uh, my dad moved away, um, just like some of us do, and he started the first Lutheran church in his community. And so it's been my dream to, to start a church. And um, so I'm going to do what I can to help you. I don't live in that zip code, um, but I'll do what I can to help you because I, 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 it's just what God put in my heart. I can't really explain it. I just want to follow that, that legacy of starting churches, especially in a community that doesn't have a church right now. Right, yeah. That's a great family uh, legacy to have. Uh, I'm, I'm envious of that. In a very Christian way. Of well, course. you can you can start that legacy. Yeah, indeed. And yeah. you can help Philip reach that mission and keep his legacy growing. If you want to help him with seeding his church, donating for his coffee truck, then visit linsa.org or visit his Facebook page, linsa. Uh, again, it's the logo with the blue and pink stripes over the heart with a cross inside of it. I wanted to tell a joke, and then and then you can talk again. What's the most dangerous thing in the corporate ocean? What? A loan shark. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those dad jokes, I guess. That is a very, very much a dad joke, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead, Pastor. Oh, I was I was just going to say, yeah, our logo, we, we, it used to be a, a red heart uh, with a red cross, but we changed it to the Fiesta colors uh, because we wanted to, to be identified as, as San Antonio through and through. Yeah, Fiesta. We missed it this year. We did. Actually, I am glad that we missed it because I got a picture on my own Facebook page of when I was just waiting for a chicken on a stick. It took 40 minutes. (laughs) I do not miss those crowds. We do not need those crowds right now here in San Antonio. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, this coronavirus is really cramping our style. So I pray for the city. I pray for everybody. I pray for the Lord to heal our land. partially because I'm selfish and I want to stop wearing a mask. But really, I I want uh, the Lord to heal people uh, who are infected, and I want the Lord to empower uh, healthcare professionals to take care of those who are infected. Mm -hmm. One of the benefits I see of having this pandemic, though, is the fact that it gives us that moment of isolation to find ourselves and to renew our relationship with God, not 
showing off your relationship with God in front of other people. Although it's ideal to have a church, to have a location where people can congregate and feel safe, the power that the Lord has given us with modern day technology, being able to live stream, being able to use Zoom, being able to pick up a phone and talk to each other, you can still be able to connect with one another. Because isn't there a scripture that says, you know, the, the spirit of God is not in a building, but where two people congregate and rejoice and celebrate my name? Yeah, Jesus promises to be there um, when, when two or more are gathered in his name, indeed. So if you have a hard time trying to keep that distance, it's the safest way right now. There isn't a vaccine out yet. It's going to take a long time before it does. The cheapest way that you can protect yourself right now and not land in the hospital is just wear a face mask and keep that six feet distance. And as generous as you can, then it's even better. It'll actually help you improve your way to speak as well by being able to project your voice. So we're going to have recorded episodes for the next few weeks, the whole month of July and the first week in August. And if you want to listen to this episode about interest or any other episode uh, for the past year, you can find them on iTunes or on uh, www.talklawradio.com. If you become a follower on our Facebook page or even in our YouTube, you can send in your comments on any of the videos. It doesn't matter which one or in which order it is that you see. But if you want to have your voice heard and share with us, then follow us here on Talk Law Radio. Have you been wanting to learn about a will or a trust but haven't gotten around to it? Now is the perfect time to learn about this vital information. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. We educate our children so that they're prepared for the future. Call Marquardt Law Firm at 210-530-4278 to show your family that you are prepared for the future. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.